This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. And today, we had another great guest here on the show. We have my friend, Troy Erickson. Now, Troy is an entrepreneur. He's a business owner of Email Paramedic, uh, which is a leading leading email list uh, management agency and has generated over $50 million worth of revenue for their clients since 2019, which is a really big milestone. They're all into, we're going to be talking about various different subjects, but one of the things that uh, Troy's been working with, uh, he's been working with lots of big influencers and thought leaders in the space, such as Sam Ovens. He's like the big, massive consult, uh, business consultant that's out there. Uh, Ezra Firestone as well, and David Meltzer as well. So they're really big, big names in our industry. Um, he's also ranked number 20 copywriter in the world, according to Peter Smith from Traffic and Funnels. So if you don't know who Traffic Funnels are, Check that out because they're a really credible um, company. But listen, some of the things that we're going to be covering about uh, today's episode, ladies and gents, is now we're all going to be talking about email marketing and email marketing management, right? Okay, which sounds a little bit of a dry subject, um, but actually there's a lot of clout to our conversation, right? So one of my one of my um, things um, that we're going to be talking about is Troy's into. Um, he's going to be talking a little bit about why he believes why email marketing or email list marketing or email management, whatever it is, is more powerful than copyright. Now, that's a really bold statement to use because um, I really value good copy, and I'm sure that you, some of you guys do as well. So I'm really going to challenge that thought process, number one. Um, I'm also going to be talking a little bit about some, kind of the false perceptions around email marketing as well. I remember... Um, one of the things actually we're going to be talking about is how do we build a list? Because I feel like, you know, some of you guys really, really need to go back to basics. If, you, if you're if you not building a list, guess what? You're really doing yourselves injustice in building trust and long-term relationships with your potential audience, right? And, um, and also we're going to be talking a little, a little bit about language. Uh, some of the things that we may need, may or may should or shouldn't use in email marketing, uh, maybe the do's and don'ts that we're going to be talking about. So um, without further ado, Troy, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Adam, for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited. That was a really thought out intro. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Thanks so much. Well, this is like, for me, I, I, I kind of like, it's like, you know, I've done this so many times. So, it's, you know, it's, it's just kind of like, you just kind of fall into a habit of, you know what I mean? It's, you know what I'm saying? Like when you've done something over and over again, it's kind of like repetition, you know, and, and things like that. So yeah, no, all good. Anyway, excited about today's conversation. I know that we're going to be talking about email marketing and email marketing management, which is kind of like your baby, your specialism, if you, if, if you like. But I want to jump straight in because I know that <laughs> when you emailed me and said, uh, email marketing beats copywriting. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. Like we need to talk about that because for me, like, especially when you're building landing pages, 
when you're building web copy and things like that, right? I really, I mean, you could spend thousands upon thousands of dollars, you know, really good copywriting, but you're saying that actually email marketing management is actually far more credible, far more worth the investment over copyright. So I want to kind of, I want to, I want to know how you draw to that conclusion, first of all. Sure. Yeah. So um, because I've been on both sides is the short answer. The medium to long answer is <laughs> that in 2019, I only had a couple of clients. I was just a freelancer um, and I was writing some ad copy for one client and I was writing all kinds of copy for another client, including a bit of email. And the thing that really kind of pushed me over the edge was that one day the client that I was writing Facebook ad copy for was like, hey, we need to fire you. And I was like, wait, hold on, why? And I'm looking inside of Ads Manager and our CPL, which was like the main KPI for that particular client, it was fine. And I was like, hey, the ads look good. Like, what's wrong? And they didn't want to tell me. But I refused to like virtually leave until they would tell me. Um, and I found out that their emails were underperforming. And I figured like, gosh, you know, I'm writing the ad copy. Somebody else is probably writing the email copy. And they're just sending it off to somebody else at the company who doesn't understand email marketing. <laughs> and they're just scheduling the email, clicking send and not really paying attention to anything else. So I was like, all right, well, what if I volunteer, literally volunteer, read work for free to fix this problem for you? And then once I fix it, we can um, like continue our client relationship. And they were like, OK, fine. I guess we got nothing to lose. Um, so I went ahead and I signed into their ESP active campaign where they send their emails from. And I found that their email copy was pretty bad. And even if it was good, they were going to spam. So it's like there was this massive issue and they weren't sending many emails and it, the strategy didn't really make sense. And I had a, a little bit of experience with my other client in email so I just went in and I became like the person for email. Like, hey, I will write the copy. I will schedule it. And I will make sure you don't go to spam. And I'll even help you a little bit with strategy. So um, the term email list management had been thrown around before. Um, but ever since then, that's what I've told people that I do. I'm like, hey, I'm an email list manager. So basically, I am your copywriter. I am your scheduler and strategy person. And I'm your deliverability expert all in one. And when the same person is doing that, it's just like less headaches between people and like less messages that need to be sent. And um, it just works a lot smoother that way. And over the course of that summer, I took that client from 13K a month in email revenue to 51K a month, simply just by fixing their deliverability, tweaking their copy and just sending more emails. So obviously they kept me as a client. And eventually <laughs> I fired them. Now I have nothing against them. Awesome. But, um, and I'm very thankful for that opportunity, but that's kind of how it all came to be. That's interesting. I love that. You know, I, I, I wonder if they were listening in to this podcast, maybe, maybe, maybe they're kind of like, no, that's not true. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Eric. If he's listening, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. Cool, cool. Um, anyway, you know, it's, I love a good story. That's kind of cool. Um, and I love the fact that you, you know, you put yourself out there for free and just like, yeah, I've got nothing to lose kind of thing, you know? So yeah, thanks for that. Appreciate that. So um, I know that over the last three to four years, I mean, 
you generated 50 million bucks. I mean, that's a lot of money. You know, that's not that's nothing to be shy about. Now, what in working with companies and influencers over those, you know, past three, four years or whatever it might be, okay, what have you found um that they lacked? I mean, you, you I mean you kind of touched on it, but what do you feel like they really lacked in terms of like like when a client comes to you, for example? You know, what is it that they're wanting from you? What is it that they need to be fixed? What do you, what do you find are kind of some of the common things uh, with regards to kind of a diagnostics, diagnostics report, if you like? Yeah, so I always think about the biggest needle movers, right? So like copy is important, but I don't always consider it to be the biggest needle mover because especially when you're trying to sell your services, because everybody thinks they're decent at copy. And it's like they just have to believe that you're better in order to hire you. But not many people talk about deliverability, and I use that to my advantage. So it's like, hey, if you're going to spam, that's a, a huge headache. That's a huge nail in your foot. You don't know how to fix that. I do. On top of that, there's this other thing called the Gmail promotions tab, which a lot of people don't even know that they're going to, but the open rates are almost as bad as the spam folder. <laughs> and I can get you out of there too. Completely done for you service. Um, nobody else has it done for you unless you're one of my students. Um but it's like, I just started offering that. And it's like, hey, for example, uh, let's just say that you're sending uh, two emails a week to an email list of 10,000 people and you have 10% open rate. So that's 10,000 people. Mm -hmm. You're sending twice a week. So that would be a potential reach of 20,000. Right. And then times 10%. So 2,000 people are opening the emails every week. So let's say we can get you up to 15 or even 20%. So to keep the math simple, let's say 20%. In some cases, we do double, not all. Um, so then you go from 2,000 to 4,000 a week. And then on top of that, um, a lot of business owners, they're like very shy about sending emails. And they think people are going to unsubscribe if they keep sending. <laughs> but if you go from like two to four, then all of a sudden you're up to 8,000. Or if you go to six then what are you at, like 12,000? Yeah, so um, just really being able to understand that if you improve your deliverability and you send more emails, the amount of like opens that you get every single week and like three, four, five X, et cetera. Um, so that's the biggest needle mover for clients really. And even if they're worried about like unsubscribes, it's like, hey, if you don't mail your list anyway, it's almost like your whole list is unsubscribed. <laughs> so it's like, a pack of list. It's so true. Do you know, I, th I also think it's kind of like, um, I suppose it's a false perception more than anything else. I don't know if you found that, but it's like a, a may, maybe it's a limiting belief within themselves. Do you know what I mean? Like the false perception of like, I'm going to make the decision for my readers, even though it's probably not true. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's like, you're too close to your own baby and <laughs> you're just like thinking, Oh gosh, like, they're thinking about whatever super niche thing that you sell just as much as I am. And, and the truth is they're not like, you know, they have a regular personal life. They maybe have their own business. They have to take their kids to school and they're not thinking about your emails 24 seven. And on top of that, the funny thing is if you look at the, you know, two or three people that'll reply and say, stop emailing me or you email too much, go and look at their order history. I promise you they're not a top customer and most of the time they haven't bought anything. So uh, if they unsubscribe, that's okay. It just means it wasn't a good fit and nothing to panic about. That's cool. I like that. There's some, there's some good pointers there. So and talking about false perceptions, actually, let's talk a little bit about, um, I suppose, what, what, what you know, based on your experience over the last few years, 
what have you found to be the false perceptions of you know of your clients or you know people that come to you in terms of like email and marketing is there any kind of like common patterns that you have discovered in your conversations yeah other than those first two things and, and people thinking that you know you can't improve deliverability or you just can't like email too much the other one would be just like the style of the email. So this one goes back into copy because of course copy is really important as well. But uh, most people think that, you know, you're supposed to look at like how Walmart emails and how Target emails and how Amazon <laughs> emails and just like very bland picture of a product discount and you're out. But the truth is, um, and especially like we typically work with a lot of coaches, consultants, personal brands, we do have some e-com as well. But um, even in those cases, we write the emails from the owner and tell very personal stories. Like when we sign on a new client, we're making sure that we have basically a sit down interview on Zoom and just like go over things and have them fill an onboarding form of stories and testimonials. And you would be shocked at how much of a difference there is if you've never made the switch before from like pictures and discounts to telling personal stories. Because the majority of people's inboxes, especially since, you know, direct response is just, uh, a portion of what people are getting every day, they're not getting emails from people that are telling personal stories. Like I've told the ones about the day my grandfather died. I've told mm -hmm. emails about times that people have scammed me. I've used really funny ones. Like I just interviewed a robot the other day because like <laughs> copywriting AI is getting really big. So I, I just kind of made a parody and things like that really pop and people love them because it's just more personable. It's funny. Like think about all the things that people read on the internet. It's not like long research articles and like discounts and all this stuff and like blog posts. They're looking at memes. They're looking at, you know, YouTube shorts. They're looking at weird videos. They're looking at content generated by their friends. So the key there is you want to come off as a friend a lot of the time just telling stories that are relatable and then you sell in probably maybe like a couple emails a week or if you want to go more than that you can just sell in the ps but that's the biggest thing where clients you know new clients are like are you sure about this and they're like just trust us and then a couple of weeks later they're like oh my gosh i didn't think this was possible yeah that's cool i like that that's some good stuff there um yeah that that's that's a good thought process i like that um you know when I, I don't know, I mean, I don't think this now, obviously, but this is probably, we're probably going back a good few years. But when I um, first, not, I wouldn't say when I first got into business, but I would say when, I, when, when my business was building up, I really didn't understand the value of building a list. I really didn't. I was like, well, this is a bit of a waste of time, right? It's like, okay, so I'll put people on my database, you know, Maybe I was kind of like thinking to kind of like short term, you know, I just want to get, kind of get results maybe, but it was, I just didn't really see the value in the long-term relationship. But from your perception, like for people that, you know, for our listeners now that don't have a list, right. For whatever reason that they have, um, what's your take on, you know, the, the, you know, those people may be either on the fence or don't have a list and why they should have a list. Let's talk a little bit about kind of like from your perspective, not just about the benefits, but also why bother? Yeah, so there are a lot of like, you know, benefits, right? But just thinking uh, as a human, if you meet somebody for the first time on the internet, are you going to buy from them, right? 
though? Probably not. And when you have a list, that's basically like a way for you to send messages to people who are kind of on the fence and thinking about buying in the future. Because like, let's say you just ran ads, for example, and you were just trying to get people to buy right away. You're going to get a few buyers in the first couple of weeks, but after that, it's going to really dip off because you've zapped up that part of the market that's ready to buy today. So like, what are you going to talk about in the future to people and try to get them to buy? Um, and it's just kind of silly too. Like I know a lot of people are really successful with social media, but if you're not even building a list there, it's like, you got to understand that the organic reach of social media, other than short form video content is like very, very, very low right now. And even with short form, if they see your content and they follow you, then the distribution of that content doesn't go to them as often, unless they're really one of your top fans. It's like, social media videos that are really being pushed right now are not going to the people who are your followers. They're going to new people. And then you know, only the top tier of your followers are seeing it. And it's just, there's so many different ways for you to get cracked down on and your reach to go down. But um, what I find is every time I've gotten distracted by something like a new social media trend or a way to collect leads and keep them on social media, mm -hmm. I've found that those people do not buy nearly as often as the people from my email list. And I think that's just because I talk to them every day and eventually they get to know me and um, they kind of like me a little bit, which is pretty cool. But um, th that's my whole pitch for it. Love it. Some good points. Some good points. Now, um, let's talk about email copy. Um, you know, I mean, that there is probably no such, well, there's no secret formula to really good email copy, but there, but I'm sure that there's some really important points that you need to, you know, from, from your perspective, when you're writing email copy to, you know, whether it be potential prospects or whatever it is, what are some of the things that, um, uh, from your perspective, what are some of the things that you believe you know, if if you was to, I don't know, assess a potential client, like, you, you know, the story that you gave at the beginning, you know, what was it that you were looking for? Was it the subject line? Was it the fact that their email copy sucked because they were waffling? I mean, what what's your take on some of the, you know, what, what are some, like, if, if we're sending out emails regularly, maybe once or twice a week, maybe not getting the open rates or the conversion rates, what are some of the causes behind that? Yeah, first and foremost, um, it's going to be the offer and just like the congruency of that. So like, why did they opt in? And what are you sending them? Because right. typically, uh, you know, if they bought something, you want to sell them something that's like extremely similar to the first thing, if not more of the exact same thing, right. um, or something that complements, right? Now, that's kind of outside the realm of copy and email, but it's really important to mention. Um, but after that, it's just a matter of like being able to like give people what they want and being really specific about what you're saying. So for example, um, a lot of people will send out kind of like bland copy that just looks like any old blog post, like five tips for a healthier you. Um, but what you can do is you can add in like different elements of like relatability. And by the way, write these down relatability, specificity, credibility, uh, like a time frame to achieve results, um, a problem, a promise, so many different things like that, where you can take that instead of saying like five tips to a healthier you, you could say like, just think of the, the healthiest person that you know. And you could say like, doctor, I don't really know many doctors. We don't do a lot in the health space, but doctor <laughs> whoever's five tips 
Um, let's say it's mental health. Dr. Phil's five tips uh, for a healthier you. Right. Or like doc, Dr. Phil's five weirdest tips to get two times healthier or to fix whatever. Um, yeah, little things like that. It just it adds so much more of a punch when you throw a name in there or like something specific or it's weird, it's curious. And um, the other thing, too, is a lot of times people will start writing and they kind of just like go off on a tangent with something that's not congruent with the rest of the email. So whatever's in your subject line, you want to make sure that like whenever you're calling them to action, that link or whatever you're asking them to do is directly congruent with what you said in the subject line. Mm -hmm. Now, not on every single email, because sometimes I get that stories, you know, you have to explain more stuff. But in general, you want to make sure that you're just staying very, very congruent like with your offers, with your copy, and that you're being very specific, right? Because if I tell you that, like, hey, I have a cool way to make money, you're like, oh, yeah, whatever. But if I'm like, oh, hey, Warren Buffett has this one cool way to, like, make money that he calls the XYZ strategy that's generated over $100 billion in his account, you'd be like, all right, I, I think I'm going to listen to that one because it's Warren Buffett and it's very specific. So just a couple of random examples there, but that's what most people miss. <laughs> I love that. Some good points there. You know, what's really interesting, actually, one of the things that, I mean, we all get emails, right? You know, hundreds daily. One of the big, I suppose, pet peeves of mine is when you see the subject line, so the subject heading, right, of an email, right? And it's say, I don't know, hey, I've got leads for you or, or, or uh, whatever it is, okay? And then, and then in the actual, you know, what do you call it? In the body of the email, it either has no relevance. It, either, <laughs> it either is nothing about the subject heading. And then you think to yourself, well, that was a waste of time, right? Well, you know, you, you created a great hook because that's effectively what it is, right? A subject heading is like a hook, but it had no relevance to the actual email itself. And I just thought that to me was just a little bit kind of like, what's the word I was looking for? shambolic in a way do you know what i mean do you know what i mean yeah exactly it goes back to congruence on all fronts really because it's like sure you might get a higher open rate if you tell people you're going to give them some outrageous thing for free but you know they're still going to open the email and read it and if it doesn't make any sense or you're not like promising that you're not giving them what you promised it's just it's doing people a disservice right and it's going to annoy them so it's those kind of emails that really annoy people. Like if you write good stories and, you know, you fill your promises and you send out interesting content, you're going to get a lot of fans and people who buy from you. It might take time, but you will. Now, if you're trying to cut corners and, you know, do silly stuff like that, then obviously um, it backfires. 100%. Definitely 100%. So interestingly enough, and I just had an epiphany while you were speaking, actually. So, one thing that came to my mind was like, okay, so say, for example, I don't know, we're emailing, say, twice a week as an example, right? What is it? I mean, you, you talked a little bit about like getting people to take action or whatever it might be, but is there a, like a magic formula or like a, you know, like a framework that you use when regards to working with clients and say, you know, I need to give like, say, four pieces of value, which could be, hey, here is an article that I wrote. Here's a podcast that I was on or whatever it might be. And then on the fifth one, you might hit them with an offer. Is there a particular framework or is there advice that you sort of give to clients or, you know, with regards to kind of like building that trust? Because 
no one wants to really have like you know tons of emails with like every every email that has a, either a call to action or like you know like some sort of offer what's your what's your take on that yeah so to be clear you can make offers in most emails if you want like in the ps or you could even put like um like a little affiliate box at the bottom that may or may not be related to the email but the more related it is the better but um yeah i don't really have a content schedule if you're asking for like four days of value one day of selling um, so for people who are listening or like, gosh, I haven't really told a lot of stories. How can I start this? Um, I think that's the best context to answer the question. So what I would do is just plan to write an email where you just kind of re-explain who you are and what you do and like that you're going to be telling some interesting, creative, and maybe even weird and risky stories in the near future. And then what you're going to do really maybe on the second day is just say like, Hey, first name, what's your biggest question about blank? Reply and let me know where um, you're literally just asking them what questions or problems they have about your niche. That's what the blank is for, of course. Um, so fill that in, tell them to reply, hit send, and people will start replying and you're seeing like what they're struggling with or what questions they have. And then you start writing content about those things. It's very simple. It's just literally ask them what they want and then give them what they want. Um, on top of that, you can also kind of use those answers um, and go search them on Reddit. Or you could even do that uh, if you don't have a list and you're building one, you don't know what to talk about. Um, just going on different forums on the internet, see what's trending on social media, just find what's kind of crazy right now. Like I made a post yesterday, like I said, about AI copywriting, and mm -hmm. that's really hot right now in the copywriting world. So I'm talking a lot about that. And I'm just kind of going off on a tangent about that until I don't feel like doing it anymore. So it's probably going to be three or four days worth. Um, and then maybe whatever comes up in my head, I'll, I'll pitch next. So I wouldn't necessarily have a whole map planned out for like the next week or month or whatever. Um, now, certain promotions I might schedule based on launches. But for the most part, given that I'm writing my own emails and I'm like a guru, for lack of a better word, writing my own list, I'm just kind of writing whatever comes to my head. And I have a whole list of things on my phone, like a whole list of topics, whole list of like things that happened to me in my personal life, just like strange things I think about, uh, things that maybe I saw that day that were really curious. And I just have a whole running list in my phone of like weird things that I might want to talk about someday on email or social media or wherever. So I keep that handy and um, I just write about what's on people's minds and then Whenever I have a promo, I write about it. Or if one of the stories I'm telling is related to something I'm selling. So maybe I'm saying like, hey, AI copywriting could take the jobs of some copywriters. So now is a good time to switch to email list management because AI can't understand deliverability, at least yet. Um, and it can't really like create strategies and it, it can't schedule the email yet. So just different things like that, um, where if it's related, I'm just going to go into a pitch afterwards. Nice. That's very cool. Now, when it comes to email, emailing our clients or audience prospects, whatever it might be, is there is there like um, a particular language that we need to use? I mean, I know that you use stories a lot, which is cool. I like that. But is there a I don't know, is there a particular like language we should and shouldn't use? Like how personal should we really get with our with regards to a client? So, I mean, how personal do you get with yours? Yeah. So, I mean, I do get pretty personal. It just kind of depends. Um, 
like first dip your toes in the water and just tell something that's kind of like, like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I would share that, but maybe I'm 50-50 on it. Well, 50-50 is good enough to at least try it. And you'll be surprised how many people will reply back um, and tell you like, wow, that was awesome. Thanks for sharing. And the reason they're saying that is because nobody else is willing to say that. And again, marketing, not just email, but marketing is like, are you going to do something weird that other people are not willing to do? And if you can write that, and even just a little story that's maybe like slightly strange or slightly embarrassing, start there. And then all of a sudden, you will find that people love it. And you'll go deeper and deeper, and you'll get more comfortable with that. Um, in the same way that a lot of people are, you know, at first nervous to speak on podcasts or, you know, public speaking. Um, once you dip your toes in front of a crowd of five people, then it's easier to do 10, then it's easier to do 50, and it's easier to do 500. Um, so it's all just about practicing. And like, we all have the story, like everybody listening right now is thinking of that one story. They're like, oh gosh, like, I don't want to tell that. That's usually a pretty good sign that you should tell. <laughs> you know, um, there was saying, actually, I just had like, um, I suppose it was like a kind of a past experience, but I was actually speaking to uh, a client today and they have an email list, right? But the big challenge for them, or again, maybe it's a false perception or whatever it is, they haven't emailed their list for quite some time. So I, I guess this will probably kind of relate to some of our listeners where they might have a list, but they haven't like been using it to their advantage. What, from your perspective, like what is the best way to reignite, you know, either that be conversations or you you don't want to feel like you're speaking to tumbleweeds, right? <laughs> it's kind of really annoying. What, what what would you say is the best, you know, angle of execution with regards to, you know, reigniting um, your email list? Yeah. So I mentioned earlier, just briefly um, talking about like who you are and what you do and what you're going to be emailing about. So a really good simple for this um, that I like to do with clients that I haven't engaged in a while. Like a lot of the clients come to us. It's funny because they're very high level people, mm. um, but they're like, oh, gosh, feels so guilty because <laughs> I haven't emailed my list in forever. So um, <laughs> what we do is we'll put their name or maybe even their initials in the subject line just to like have a real pattern interrupt in somebody's inbox. And the subject line will be, remember me. And then uh, the email <laughs> just basically says, Hey, first name. Um, it's so-and-so here. Remember me. I'm the person who talks about X, Y, Z. Maybe you remember product a or possibly, you know, freebie B like whatever you've you know, sold in the past. Um, the reason I'm reaching out today is because I haven't done a good job of staying in touch lately. And uh, to make up for that, I wanted to give you this free thing and then, you know, link them to the thing. Oh, and by the way, um, keep an eye out for my upcoming emails. I have something special for you this week. Um, and then that's pretty much the whole email. So very simple, but you're just reminding them who you are and what you do and giving them something for free. And um, let me preface that by saying, too, you definitely want to make sure your deliverability is good before you start this. Um, <laughs> otherwise, it can create some headaches later down the road. And um, yeah, just really pay attention to what people reply back. And like I said, maybe even send a reply email where you ask them for their opinion. And you know, just trying to talk about as many things as you can that they remember from whatever you were doing before. Love that. Some good stuff, that. Very good. Um I suppose my last question, because I know we're coming towards the end of our um, our conversation, but okay, so some of our audience members, they're convinced that they must build 
a database, right? Database of potential hot prospects that may or may not willing to buy in the future. So from your perspective, what is the fastest way to be to build an email list? Yeah, so um, obviously, you know, running ads is very tried and true. But the thing that I like the most um, that's very fast and very credible is doing JVs or affiliate promotions with other people. Ooh. And this can work whether you have a free opt-in or you have a product for sale. But basically, you hit up one of your friends in the industry um, because a lot of people collaborate these days. There's a lot less like head-to-head like hatred for your competitors these days. So you just find like friends in the industry, people who are somewhat similar, and you say, hey, um, can you send an email about me and just drive the traffic to my opt-in or to one of my products? And I will pay you X amount of dollars for every person who opts in or every person who purchases. Mm-hmm. So that way, I mean, um, depending on the deal you have, you can kind of estimate how much that will cost you. And you don't have to pay until after you already have the leads or after you already have the sales. And it's really simple to set up. Now, a lot of bigger companies, you know, they have a whole process for JVs, but um, a lot of people haven't done this yet. So you can literally just call up your friends, shoot them a text. And um, you, typically it's better if you give them like a swipe copy. So you can literally just um, say like, hey, here's what you should send. So they just like copy, paste and click send for the most part, maybe tweak it a little bit. Yeah, I, I like that, actually. And I, I think we've we've actually done some past uh, affiliate campaigns with some big influencers and stuff, and, and they really do work. I found from experience that when they like you mentioned give you the swipe copies or just they you know to make your life so much easier it just makes the uphill struggle of the of the whole kind of like jv you know m- much easier to manage you know what i mean so um yeah i like that some good stuff good stuff um what i was gonna say to you um i know we're coming towards the end of our interview but i'd like we'd love to know like what you're working on right now you know, I know that you've been doing, you know, email marketing management for, for for a number of years now. But, you know, where do you see yourself over the next sort of five to 10 years? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, to be honest with you, I don't see that far ahead. I typically I like <laughs> think about one to three years. But for the most part, I'm still like in creative mode and I'm thinking like day to day, week to week, which is like not what most people expect. But um, some of the exciting things that we've done um, in 2022 um, so obviously we have our base like email list management service, or we can just break off the deliverability piece if people need that alone. Um, but this year we launched uh, our certification program. So people that, you know, they don't want us to do it for them, um, but maybe they want to learn how to do it for their own business or for a client's business. We have an email list management certification program. Um, and then we also have one that's for like complete beginners. That's just about getting your first client. Um, now in 20, actually uh, the other day I launched copywriting.org. Um, so I got that domain and it's a crazy thing where you can go uh, to copywriting.org and I will interview you. Um, so if you're a copywriter, it's a good way to get like put on a prominent website and you can get featured and a lot of cool stuff. Um, but going into next year, I'm about to close hopefully this week on a software. Um, it's a spam testing software, ranks really high on Google, can't quite say what it is yet, but um, <laughs> I'm firing that and that's going to be like huge lead flow for us. And we're, you know, literally creating a software as well, which is um, you know, very popular these days. And then uh, also going to be, you know, doing some masterminds and uh, different things like that. So it's just kind of, uh, you know, there's a lot of ideas that come to me every single week and I try to process which ones are uh, going to be the most fun and the most profitable and help the most people. So 
Um, I'm thinking all these things will be because a lot of things we've done already are. And I think the things for next year will uh, be even better. Love it. Some good stuff. All right, guys. Well, listen, um, hope that you've enjoyed our conversation with me and Troy. Um, what I was going to say, as I always say to everybody, is if you have enjoyed our conversation or if you have any questions for Troy, do me a favor, <clears throat> click on the links below. You can message him or he, him and his team will get back to you in due course. Um, Troy, I just want to say thanks so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, Adam. It's, a bit, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. 100%. And for you guys um, that have been listening in, if you have enjoyed the show, make sure that um, what I was going to say to you, we are giving, well, I'm giving away free copies of my best-selling book, Play the Game. Um, all you have to do is leave a review on Apple or on Spotify, of course. Apple is preferred, of course. Um, and uh, a five-star review. Send me a screenshot of that review to hello at adamstrong.net and we'll make sure that we get a free copy of the book in the post to you now that's in the uk if you're outside the uk we'll send you a digital copy so um anyway listen from me and troy hope you enjoyed today's conversation we'll see you on the next game changes experience take care and we'll see you soon cheers